Good evening to each one again this evening. I greet you in the name of our precious Lord again tonight. One who sustains us, one who loves us. Do we have any doubt? Thank you, brother, for sharing your devotions again this evening. And you know, the thought went through my mind is after what he shared with us and what we know God did for us, how can we but give him everything that we are? How can we do anything but give him our whole heart, our whole soul, mind, and strength? Give him everything. Let him use us however he wants to. He gave his all for us. He gave his son so that we could have peace with him. I invite you to turn to Mark chapter 12 again. I'd like to just establish the the text from what we're working off of this week. Loving God with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind. And we took some time to try to establish who God is and the reality of his work in our life. And as Jesus responded to the, the scribe when he asked him, which is the first, of, first commandment of all? Mark chapter 12, verse, verse 29, and Jesus answered him and said, answered him, this is the first of all the commandments is, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment. And the second, like it, is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. And he goes on, the scribe goes on from there, and he agrees with what Jesus said and, um, and, and just affirms what the truth really is. We'd like to focus tonight on verse 31. The second is like this, and the second like it is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Be interesting to hear each of your one or two comment on what that means for you. What does that mean as you think about loving your neighbor as yourself? I'd like to give you two quick examples, if I may. After, after I had committed to coming here to speak this week, uh, brother called, I can't call you, Jay, Jay called, or text, or emailed, or whatever, communicated with me, and uh, I checked my schedule, and it was clear, and I waited just a little bit, sometimes I think of things, you know, you don't think of everything right away, and you, of course, uh, you talk, I talked with my wife, and we thought we, everything was clear with our schedule, and so I responded to Jay and said, I think I can come. And so we planned to do that. About a week, a week and a half later, uh, one of I, my service writer that uh, answers the phone and schedules the work and tells us what to do, uh, he told me, he said, hey, uh, we're, uh, our, our family's going on vacation this week. It was this this week. 
And I said, what, what days did you say you were going? So he said, and I said, I'm supposed to be in Virginia Wednesday and Thursday. And, well, this was their annual vacation. They already got plans made. What do you do? I thought about calling Jay and said, sorry, something came up. <laughs> and I could have. I didn't feel good about that. So I gave it some time. I just, uh, I said, okay, something will work out. And generally, I like to be there to answer the phone and tell the guys what to do and deal with the customers or, or him. If I'm not there, he does it, and he knows how to do it. He does it well. I'm happy with him. And I'm not saying the other, the other guys that work for me couldn't have done it. In fact, I went so far as to talk with them and, about the possibilities, would you all feel comfortable if I left and Michael left and neither one of us were there? Ryan, could you answer the phone? Well, he thinks he could. And I think he could have. But it would have been, I, you know, I told him, well, I'll be, you know, during the day, I should be available, my phone should work, and I could, you know, if he needs me, I could call, he could call me and I could walk him through how to finalize a ticket and how much to charge and all of this and what to do and what to tell the guys. I could kind of walk through them uh, virtually. That's a new term we've got familiar with in the last couple of years, isn't it? And so I was kind of making plans to do that, just to, uh, just to do the best they could and, and hope the place was there when I got back. And uh, as time, as a couple of days, I, don't, I forget how long it was, maybe a week or two later, maybe even a month later, I don't know. Michael come to me and he said, he said he's talked with his wife. He's going to come back. I said, okay. I'd appreciate it, but I didn't want to mess up his vacation. We all like our vacations. We all like to take our week off of work. And so I hated to ask him to come back. Um, my flesh wanted to because he didn't check with me first before he finalized his plans. Uh, but I didn't feel that was right. And uh, maybe you all disagree. But... Uh, so I, uh, I accepted that, and uh, he said, well, you know, in all reality, he'll probably be ready for a break from, from the ladies anyway, and he'll be ready to come back for a little bit, take care of his chickens and stuff at his house and do some things around the house, and then he'll be there for me yesterday and today. I said, if you can do that, I think I can be back to run Friday. I think I can leave after the service tonight and get back and be there. I'll be tired tomorrow night. But I think I can do that. I can be present and take care of it. If you can work Thursday, Wednesday and Thursday, I'll try to be there Friday. He said he'll do it. And then he'll go back to his family in vacation and then bring them home the weekend. So God worked it out. And I was just thinking about the subject matter. Did he love his neighbor 
as himself. I think he did. I guess you could ask, did I love him like, my, like I should have? <laughs> should have I made him stay away? But I think, it's, I think God worked it out. And so that's one example. The other example is this. Um, we got here, and Brother Luke and Sister Michelle gave us a place to put our weary heads last night and gave us some good food and good fellowship. And I just want to say thank you, Luke, wherever you are. And Michelle, thank you for your, your kind hospitality. We were more than taken care of. They loved us as they loved themselves. So what does it mean to love our neighbor as ourself? I'd like to suggest tonight that loving our neighbor flows from, our, from loving God supremely. We talked about last night about loving God supremely, loving God with, with all of who we are, that, that he takes first priority in our life. And I think loving our neighbor as ourself needs to flow from that to our neighbor's. We've, we've talked about how uh, uh, we should connect with God and how uh, loving God with our heart speaks of our relationship with God. And so that has to be cultivated. That has to be a, a good relationship. That has to be a solid foundation, a good connection with God. And so, <clears throat> well, and so loving our neighbors then speaks of our relationship with each other. If our relationship with God is what it should be, then that, that love can flow from God through us to our neighbors. And then that will be a good thing. That will be what God, I believe, wants us to do. In other words, I think it's because we have a loving relationship with God that we even have the capacity or the ability and responsibility to love our neighbor as ourselves. It's because we love God with all our heart that we can do this, that we have the ability and it's because we love God with all our heart that, that we see it's our responsibility even to love our neighbors as ourselves because sometimes we won't feel like it. Our flesh will not feel like it. I invite you to go with me to 1 John chapter 4 to uh, think about a little bit more about uh, loving our neighbors, how it, how it flows from our relationship with God and uh, how that makes a difference. 1 John Chapter 4. I'd like to begin reading in verse 7. 1 John 4, verse 7. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. In this, the love of God was manifested toward us, that God has sent his only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through him. And, it is, and in this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. I'll stop there. If God so loved, how did he love us? Our brothers just shared in devotions how God loved us, right? Uh, he loved us uh, by sending his only begotten son into the world to save sinners like myself and sinners like you. 
And so by offering his love to us while we were yet sinners, he says in verse 10, in this is love, not that we love God, not that we came to God first, but that he loved us. And so while we were still sinners, while we were still at, uh, at variance with God, while we were even maybe in rebellion to God, God loved us. And he sent his son. And so, God, if God so loved us, and he did, we also ought to love one another. This love of God as we accept it, and as we make him first in our life, it will give us the power to live righteously through him. And that is what we're talking about as far as loving our neighbor as ourself. In Romans 5, verse 68, it talks about when we were still without strength, in due time Christ died for us, uh, or died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. They might, right? For a righteous man... Yet perhaps for a good man, someone would even dare to, to die. But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Before we, before we had any, uh, any desire for God. And so Christ became the atoning sacrifice for our sins. We see there in verse 10, to be the propitiation for our sins. Uh, we have been redeemed back to, back to God. And so, beloved, it says, if God so loved us, basically we have no other option but to love one another. How can we in good conscience do anything less? We can't. If we want God's love to be real in our lives, and we want God to, to bless our lives and to uh, and if our relationship with God is going to remain clear and open and, and warm and loving, we must love one another. If we don't, we should be ashamed. If we don't, we should be disappointed. I think we should feel guilty if we know or become aware that we don't love our neighbor as ourselves. Because we've been loved unconditionally by Almighty God. And we remember, we talked about he owned owe us anything. And yet he chose to love us and send his son for our sins. You see, the reality is if we are not loving God with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind and strength, then we are going to find it very difficult to love our neighbor as ourselves. If we don't have God's love in our life, how can we? How can we pass it on? We can have a semblance. We can try. But we need God's love in our hearts. And if we have God's love in our hearts, I'm, I believe tonight that it will display itself to our neighbors. It will. First John, in, 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 in chapter 3, we're in chapter 4, in chapter 3, verse 17, he says, But whoever has this world's good and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart, from him, how does the love of God abide in him? It, it don't. It can't. You see, it, the connection between the love of God and the love for our neighbors is there. However, I believe if we have a good sense of who God is 
and how he demonstrated his love for us. We will love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and we will love our neighbors as ourselves. It's a little bit like a cup of water. When this water gets full, if I had a pitcher of water, or if I put it under a spigot and let it run, it would soon get full, right? If I just kept it there, it would soon run over. And if there was anything around it close to it, it would get wet because I let it run over. I believe it's that way with the love of God in our hearts. If we, have, if we are totally sold out for God and God's love is flowing and we, we have given ourselves completely to God and God is at work in our life, we can't help but show love to our neighbors almost. It should, it should run over. Our cup should just run over. And I'm sorry if you're close to me, you're going to feel it. I'm sorry if you know me real good, you're going to see I love the Lord. It's just going to happen. I can't contain it all. If we love God with everything we are, our neighbors will know about it. Those close to us will experience our love to them. And so, when God's love changes us, those around us take notice. They see there's a difference. And so, loving our neighbor as ourselves, I'm convinced tonight that it flows as a direct correlation with how much we love God. Have we first understood who God is and what He wants to do in our lives and have we given ourselves totally to Him? If so, then we will love our neighbors. It'll come through. I'm not saying we're perfect. We're human. We'll make mistakes. But God's love will, will flow through to our neighbors. So we have the, the direct correlation, I think, that we need to, that, that I think will help us in our, in our loving our neighbors as ourselves. We could ask a question, then who is my neighbor, right? Who is my neighbor? And I've alluded to it just a little bit. Neighbor has to do with someone near or someone close to us, right? Someone, a neighbor, uh, 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 is someone who, what we normally refer to our neighbors, those who live close to us, right? So we live here in the next house, two around us. Those are our neighbors. Now is that, and so it's someone who is close, uh, a fellow countryman, a friend, a fellow human, uh, someone who is close or near to us, is our neighbor. Um, and so who is my neighbor? Again, I refer you to Luke chapter 10. I want to spend a little time there. I invite you to turn to that. Luke chapter 10, a familiar story. And it's a question that I'm sure that's, um, that you are familiar with. This man asked Christ, who is my neighbor? Luke chapter 10, I'd like to begin reading. Uh, At verse 29, you all know the story, and so I'm not going to take the time to read the whole story. The story of, of the Good Samaritan, and we've probably read it many times. And uh, this, this uh, lawyer had asked Jesus, what does it take to, to, for eternal life? And Jesus said, well, what does the Bible say? And he said, well, to love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and, and everything, and what we've been talking about. He told Christ that, and, and, and Christ said, you're right, do that, and you'll live. And he says, well, but wait a minute, who's my neighbor? He asked Christ. 
And so Christ uh, told him a story about the Good Samaritan. And we know the story about how this man was robbed and left beside the road like he was dead. And we have a couple of people come along. And, um, and so let's just read about it. In chapter 10 of Luke, verse 29, But he, this lawyer, wanting to justify himself, said to Jesus, And who is my neighbor? I guess I will read it here. And, and then Jesus answered and said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves who stripped him of his clothes, wounding him, wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance a certain priest came down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Likewise a Levite, when he arrived at the place, he came and looked and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. So he went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring oil and wine, pouring on oil and wine, and he set him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. On the next day, when he had departed, he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper, and said to him, Take care of him, and whatever, you, whatever more you spend, when I come again, I will repay you. So which of these three do you think was neighbor to him who fell among the thieves? And he said, He who showed mercy on him. Then Jesus said to him, Go and do likewise. My definition of a neighbor is this. I'd like to suggest tonight that our neighbor is anyone who God brings across our path in life in whom we need to show love and compassion. Our neighbor is anyone that God brings into our path that he wants us to show love and compassion to. You see, God brings them into our path. He brings them close to us. He brings them near us, wherever we may be. He may not be close to our house, but he will bring them close to us, into our lives. And I think he expects us to be his hands and feet and show love and compassion. Now, maybe that's oversimplified. That's how I see it. Anyone that God brings close to us, it may be a fellow countryman, it may be a friend who needs God's love. Notice that there are three individuals in this story going along life's path, right? Can we make that analogy? They're living life. They were, they were going along life's path. And God brought someone into their experience, their path of life, that needed their love and compassion. Every one of them came to a fork in the road in life. And they had to choose to either ignore him or help him. Notice it says in every one, it says that, he, that they came, first the, the uh, priest in verse 31, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. It's just not that he, he didn't see him or he didn't know he was there. That happens. But that's not the case here. The Levite likewise Verse 32, when he arrived at the place, came and looked. It almost seems like maybe he went a little further and he didn't just look, he went, wanted to see what was up and then he went on by the other side. But the Samaritan came where he saw, uh, came where he was and when he saw him, they all came and they all saw. They had a choice to make. God brought someone into their life that needed their help. How in the world do you go and leave him? 
If the love of God is, is shining and, and live and, and flowing in your life, you don't. And the Samaritan didn't. It says he had compassion. And then Jesus asked this lawyer, which of these three do you think was neighbor to this, to this guy? And he said, the one that showed mercy, the one that had compassion, the one that loved him, who loved his neighbor as himself. Do we have a good understanding on who our neighbor is? I think we do. I think if we're honest, we know who our neighbor is. I'm satisfied we, we know the answer to that question. I guess the question that we need to wrestle with is, will we love them? Will we love them as ourselves? So we know who our neighbor is. I guess another question we need to answer is, how should I love my neighbor? We know who our neighbor is. How should we love them? Our text in Mark 12 says to love our neighbors as ourself, right? As ourself. How many of you love yourself? Yeah. Some brave souls. I would venture to say 99.9% .9 of you in here love yourself. We've been trained, and rightly so, not to take up for ourselves. That's good. But we, we look out for ourselves. We, we feed ourselves when we're hungry. We take a shower, most of us, when we get dirty. Unless you're a young man that doesn't want to take a shower and daddy says you have to. We, when we hurt, when we hit our finger with a hammer, we take care of it really good, don't we? We may even go to sucking on it and we may put some salve on it or we'll go to mom and she'll take care of it. We take care of ourselves. We love ourselves. We take care of ourselves. We have compassion on ourselves, right? So I think the obvious answer is how should we love our neighbor? Treat others as we want to be treated. I know it's not rocket science and I know you've heard it before. But we should love others like we want to be treated. Matthew 7, 12, whatever you want men to do to you, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets. That's where it's at. Do we love others as we want? Do we treat others as we want to be treated? Do we love others as we want others to love us? Will we love others even when they don't love us back? Do we like to be loved when we don't treat others right? Or do, would, or do we like it when people, if we're mean to them, are we happy and glad when they're mean back to us? Generally not. We like when they show us love in spite of our wrongdoing, in spite of our ugliness, and we still show them love, or they show us love. We like that. It feels good. Can we do that to others? Will we treat others right, whether they treat us right or not? God loved us first while we were yet sinners. I think we must do likewise. I think we must do likewise. This Samaritan was going about his journey. When he saw this wounded human that God brought into experience, he had compassion. 
And so he went to him. He went to him. He went to where he was. And um, he took care. Basically, he took care of this man, loving his neighbor as himself. And so as God brings people across our path in life, we should be willing to approach them. Sometimes we need to go to them. They may not can come to us. Approach them with love and compassion. And uh, sometimes loving our neighbors means putting their good ahead of our own convenience. Do you think it was convenient for this Samaritan to stop what he, where he was going to take care of him, take this guy to the inn, pay for it and treat him and all that kind of stuff, and then come back, stop back by there to take care of the rest of the bill? Probably wasn't. I don't, think, I don't think it was convenient for him to do that. And I know I carry a schedule too. Sometimes we have to wrestle with, do I have time for this? And I'm not, I'm not saying we always have to stop every car we see inside the road. That's not what I'm saying. But when God brings someone into our life and he brings them close to us and they are near us and we can help them, we know we can, and yet we refuse... We should be concerned. We're not loving our neighbors as ourselves. Sometimes we need to put their need ahead of our own convenience. In Matthew 25, when Jesus was referring to his second coming, he spoke of separating the sheep from the goats. You all know about that passage. He said the nations will come and he'll divide them from the sheep from the goats. The difference between the two were essentially... Whether or not they love their neighbors as themselves, right? Now, he doesn't say that, but he says to the sheep, you know, welcome into the kingdom. You know, you have done all this stuff to, you know, and to me when I was hungry, you fed me, I was thirsty, and I was in prison and sick, and you helped me out. You loved me, you loved me as yourself. And they'll say, when did we do that? You see, it was, I think, it was more just a flowing, uh, because the love of God was in their heart, and they were sold out for God, and it just happened, almost. It doesn't just happen, but it's, it's, because, it's because that's their nature. They take on the nature of God, and, and, and so they love their neighbors. They didn't, they didn't even hardly think about it, it seems like. And the other ones, he had... Not so nice words for. It's because they didn't love their neighbor as herself. When I was hungry, you didn't feed me. When I brought people to you, you didn't, you didn't, you didn't love them as yourself. And so, when we see Christ, will we be with the sheep or with the goats? And essentially the difference is whether or not we show genuine love and compassion for those God brought closer into our path of life that needed his love demonstrated to them. I think that's why these two commandments just, it says, the Bible says everything hangs on these two. If we love the Lord with all our hearts, it will make a difference how we relate to each other. Romans 13 8 to 10, it talks about how that we shouldn't owe any man anything except for one thing. What is it? Somebody tell me. Owe no man anything but to what? 
love one another. That's the only outstanding debt that we can never satisfy. For he who loves another has fulfilled the law, he goes on to say. For the commandments, you shall not commit adultery. You shall not murder. You shall not steal. None of that is loving, is it? You shall not bear false witness. You shall not covet. If there is any other commandment, all are summed up in this saying, namely, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no harm to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. That's, that's hard for me to, to, to impress upon my own heart and mind, much less on you. And the importance of loving our neighbor as ourself. That is the fulfillment of the law. Because if we love someone, we're not going to commit adultery. If we really love someone, we're not going to murder them. If we really love someone as ourselves, we are not going to steal from them. And we're not going to lie about them. And we're not going to covet what they have. We're glad they can have what they have, right? So loving our neighbor as ourself fulfills the law. It's all summed up in that statement. What a difference it would make in our relationships if every thought, every attitude, and every word, and every action was examined and directed through the lens of godly love that is manifested to our neighbors. What a difference. I'll be quick to realize that none of us are perfect we're not able to perfectly do this without failure, are we? We're human. We have to deal with the, our sinful man, our humanness. But I believe that's where our hearts should be. That's what our desire should be. That's what we should want to do. And if that's the case, when we mess up, we'll be okay if someone says, Mark, that wasn't quite right. And we'll be willing to, to do what's right. We acknowledge that we are sinners saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. And that is what enables us to love our neighbors as ourselves. The grace and strength of God. And we, we can receive that as we surrender our lives totally and completely to him. Are we making all those close to us wet? As God's love fills our lives and it just runs over. I trust they are. I trust they're getting wet. And when others seem impossible to relate to, remember how God must feel about us sometimes as well. I wonder about that sometimes as I think about my relationship with God and my relating with others and how God sees all this thing. You know, even in our churches, sometimes as we wrestle with things and wrestle with issues, Sometimes I think, well, what, what does God think about this? What does he really think as he, as he observes our, our churches, our conferences, our, our, our relating to our neighbors? What is God thinking? I'm sure sometimes he's disappointed. I'm sure sometimes he would, yeah, he's disappointed. And so I think as we realize that, that'll that will help us to be long-suffering and be forgiving and to be loving with those imperfect 
uh, imperfect images of God, as our brother said earlier, that are around us, right? It'll help us to understand we're not perfect either. So let's give each other some rope. Let's give each other some forbearance. And let's offer forgiveness freely and quickly. And make amends where we need to. And love each other as we want to be loved. We have been loved and forgiven by much, or forgiven much by God and others. May we be willing and able to pass it on to our neighbors. I'd like to read a poem, and then I'll close. I ran across this poem, and I think it gives us a, a good picture of what I've been talking about. And I'm sure you've had a, heard a poem similar to this. I don't know if it's just exactly like it, but I'm sure you've heard something similar. I'd just like to remind you. This, is, this poem is written by Emma Lent, and it's called Unawares. It says this. They said the master is coming to honor the town today, and none can tell at what house or home the master will choose to stay. And I thought while my heart beat wildly, what if he should come to mine? How would I strive to entertain and honor the guest divine? And straight I turned to toiling to make my home more neat. I swept and polished and garnished and decked it with blossoms sweet. I was troubled for fear the master might come ere my work was done, and I hasted and worked the faster and watched the hurrying sun. But right in the middle of my duties, a woman came to my door. She had come to tell her sorrows and my comfort and aid to implore. And I said, I cannot listen nor help you today or any today. I have greater things to attend to than the pleader turned away. At last the day was ended and my toil was over and done. My house was swept and garnished and I watched the dark alone. Watched, but no footfall sounded. No one paused at my gate. No one entered my cottage door. I could only pray and wait. I waited till night had deepened and the master had not come. He entered some other door, I said, and gladdened some other home. My labor had been for nothing, and I bowed my head and I wept. My heart was sore with longing, yet in spite of it all, I slept. And then the master stood before me. His face was grave and fair. Three times today I came to your door, and I craved your pity and care. Three times you sent me onward, unhelped and uncomforted, and the blessing you might have had was lost, and your chance to serve has fled. O oh Lord, dear Lord, forgive me. How could I know it was thee? My very soul was shamed and bowed in the depths of humility. And he said, The sin is pardoned, but the blessing is lost to thee. For, for comforting not the least of mine, you have failed to comfort me. I've already mentioned that the scriptures talks about this subject that we've looked at today and last evening, loving the Lord God with all our heart and loving our neighbor as ourself. 
Matthew twenty two forty, on these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. I think we can put everything else the scripture says, we can put it under these two. And so tonight, brothers and sisters, I believe if we will be if we will make our relationship with God our first priority, loving Him with all our heart, soul, with all our mind, and all our strength. And if we make our relationship with people our second priority, loving our neighbor as ourself, then I believe we will be in a good position and have a good foundation to order our lives in such a way that is pleasing to God and we will be useful in His kingdom. That's my prayer for you all, for all of us as we go from here. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father in heaven, I just want to pause tonight to praise you. Thank you for being God. Thank you for making uh, it possible that, that I can have a relationship with you and that all of us, the whole world, can have peace with you. You sent your son to be the atoning sacrifice for us and you want us as your children. And Father, we know you, you love us. Mighty as you are, sovereign and supreme as you are, yet you want to have a relationship with us individually. Somehow you can do that, and I just thank you for that, and I just want to praise you for that. Lord, that those around us would see that love in our hearts, in our lives. And Father, as they do that, that relationship with our neighbors will be what it should be. But Lord, you know we are, we are human. We fail. Forgive us for that, Lord. Help us to push onward. Help us to do better. Help us to learn to love you more and to love our neighbors like we want to be loved. Even when we don't think we have time that we would make time for those you bring into our life, for those you bring across to our pathway, that we would love them as we would want to be loved because we have been loved by you and we want to share that with others. And you bring them to our path for a reason. Lord, help us to not disappoint. And so we commit ourselves to you again tonight, asking for your grace and your strength to help us to do what you want us to do and to love you with everything that we've got and to love our neighbors as ourselves. Bless us to that end, and we'll give you the glory. In the name of Jesus, amen.